Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. We're going to be looking at now the importance of prioritizing civilian safety and migration and refugee status regarding what is taking place in the Gaza Strip at the moment. Joining us now on the line to unpack this situation, Seth Fransman, a Middle East analyst and a former research associate at the Rubin Center for Research in International Affairs at the Interdisciplinary Center in Herzliya. Seth, a very good afternoon to you and thank you for joining us. Yes, hey, thank you for having me. Thank you for making the time to join us, Seth, as we look a bit closely into the importance, as I've mentioned, of prioritizing civilian safety during this war as the IDF now targets Hamas. But we're also looking at the humanitarian situation in Gaza into Egypt and the influx of refugees. More on that a little later. For now, how do you see Israel's military prioritizing civilians over Hamas terrorists in the Gaza Strip? Well, Israel has invested heavily in precision munitions and smart technology and artificial intelligence and Mm -hmm. high-tech and the use of drones and drone swarms and all this over the last decade. So, you know, Israel should have a pretty good grasp on what's happening in Gaza. But the problem, of course, is that Hamas, you know, can change into civilian clothes and hide underneath buildings. So it's an incredibly difficult operation, I think. It's incredibly difficult to, to go after the terrorists after they've had now about 11 days to kind of go and hide. So mm. I think it is certainly a big challenge. But uh, as you say, certainly a big challenge considering the the vastness and the magnitude of the land that they, they want to indeed target Hamas in terms of military operations. So how, how, are the, how then are they dealing with the strip in that sense? I know you've outlined all, all this modern technology, but but can it be can it be uh, soundproof? Can it be proof soundproof? Well, technology is not you know perfect, and using airstrikes against these types of targets generally historically doesn't work. You can't, you just can't neutralize all these threats from the air and mm. watching them on cameras and stuff. I mean, we we saw how ISIS was defeated, or groups like that. You have to go in and you have to go street by street, and that's. That's generally how groups like that are defeated. So I think in the end of the day, you know, Israel is going to have to decide and is soon whether or not it wants to go in there. It's facing every day, you know, more threats from the north. It has, mm-hmm. I think we had four or five anti-tank rounds fire Israel. We've had people injured and killed up, up in Lebanon, up on the Lebanon border by Hezbollah. Those are all illegal attacks. So I think, you know, Israel has to see that it is now, you know, almost in a two-front conflict, which is very, which is also difficult. Mm-hmm. It's not unprecedented. Israel defeated two countries in 1973 in a multi-front conflict. So Israel's supposed to be prepared for all of this. Indeed, supposed to, but uh, yes, uh, one can, I guess there's going to be many questions following the war as to, you know, intelligence capabilities and uh, aspects like that. But that aside for now, Israel now is dealing with the refugee crisis as as Egypt reports that the Rafah crossing is now being hampered by Israeli strikes. Right. Well, there's a refugee crisis on both sides of the border. I mean, Israel, 100,000 Israeli citizens have been evacuated from near Mm -hmm. Gaza in the north. And 50 communities have been depopulated inside Israel. And then on the other side of the border, I guess there's 2 million people in Gaza, probably, you know, a quarter or half of them have probably had to flee. So there's a huge crisis. And look, this is another example of the international community not doing enough. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously there should be more aid coming in and there should be some sort of solution. And the international community should not allow uh, a a genocidal-like group like Hamas to run the Gaza Strip and exploit all the suffering of these poor people. So maybe... 
maybe now the world will wake up, but it's not entirely clear if there's any if there's any movement on dealing with that kind of larger problem. Indeed, how long? I mean, looking at the magnitude of this, uh, Israel is now gearing up, to, as they say, to take this to the next stage. What could we possibly foresee, Seth? I mean, there's there's an intent for a ground offensive. Can you say? Can you really see these these aspects being fulfilled, such as civilian safety? Well, in the end of the day, you know, if you have a group that kills a thousand civilians, you have to go in and deal with that group. I don't under. I, I, I mean, you can't just sit mm. and say, okay. Now let's wait for the next time. I mean, obviously, the most important thing a state can do is the basic level of agreement between the civilian and the state. And the most basic level is that the state guarantees your security. Now, if the state can't do that, then I think there's a question as whether that state exists. So, indeed, considering the fact that Israel state does exist, Israel has to guarantee the security of its citizens. Therefore, it has to be able to go in and neutralize all of those threats. It can't have you know, thousands of people on the other side of the border who are willing to commit some sort of a genocide. And also, let's not forget, they are holding 200 hostages. So those hostages Indeed. have to be released. And Israel, Israel has to be able to go in and find those people or get them out. It's a very, very difficult situation that has, has transpired. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, the lesson will, I guess, have to be learned. that next time, there will have to be, you know, uh, a thousand times more security on a, on a border that was quite lightly defended uh, right. about 12 days ago. Indeed, as you say, Seth, uh, great, uh, great uh, distance is still, uh, you know, we're still going to go a distance with this uh, situation. There are no signs of the war ending anytime soon. One can only wonder what's going to materialize uh, as of now. Seth Fransman, Middle East analyst and former research associate at the Rubin Center for Research in International Affairs at the Interdisciplinary Center, Hetzilia. Thank you so much, Seth, for joining us this afternoon.